0: This, the 100th episode of all the president's minutes is brought to you by bellacatering.com.au. Thank you so much for following along one heat minute productions, latest minute by minute project for all 99 episodes that you've heard thus far. This is now the hundredth. special. Thank you to my usual crew of friends and intimates, Sam Howard, my wife, my best friend, Maria Lewis, Stu Cook, Garth Franklin, Of course, Bill Gabiri who helped kick off the show. Travis Woods, Katie Walsh, the entire One Heat Minute Productions team. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for your support. Special shout out to all of my patrons on One Heat Minute Patreon. We couldn't do it without you. And, uh, just thank you so much. Now I'm going to talk to a man who I talked to on the very first podcast I ever did for One Heat Minute. It's too cute. Let's do a little bit of crossover. Let's travel back in time to leap ahead. Welcome to this undertaking, the first of 170 episodes that we're going to be doing of this show. Which I need to apologise for, <laughs> for putting you up to this in the first
1: place. So let's explain, let's have a bit of context. Um, I think it's a great idea to, to put that blowtorch on the film you love the most and just take it apart and go nuts. Because, <laughs> yeah, not a lot happens in a minute, or doesn't it? Like, let's let's find let's out. Let's I find let, out. Yeah, how far can you dig into, into one minute of film?
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to All The President's Minutes. I'm your host, Blake Howard. As you heard in the preamble, I took a snippet from the very first episode in One Heat Minute Productions, the first episode of One Heat Minute, where this man described putting movies under a blowtorch and it being fun to see if they stood up to the scrutiny... If you've felt the heat in any of the One Heat Minute production shows, you'll probably, you've probably got this man to blame. Uh, he's one of my dearest friends. Uh, he uh, uh, has given me the come to Jesus moments. It only feels right uh, that he be a part of the 100th show. We were going to do this as a trio in the room originally when One Heat Minute was conceived were three men myself, Garth Franklin, who unfortunately is unwell, but he'll be on the show before we right into the climax and the man sitting next to me who's been at the beginning and been at the end and at the beginning again and now at The 100. A great voice in cinema and utter pain in the ass if you're arguing with him and uh, and really uh, one of the great cinematic podcast bait and switches and he often lines up his co-host josh corbett to think that he's going to be completely on his side in certain podcasts that they do the cinephiles and then he completely sides with liam um the other host of that show and uh and really infuriates josh and i I was running today and i was listening to their recent episode on cutthroat island i was having an absolute cackle to myself i couldn't almost run because josh was getting so mad at stew coot Stu, welcome to all the President's Minutes again, buddy.
1: As you say, the bait and switch is beautiful <laughs> because we record every fortnight and we do a little we, – we, we walk to coffee each morning before work and we discuss the, the film a little bit and you mm-hmm. start to just trickle things out. <laughs> and then there's nothing better than leaving one of your co-hosts high and dry on an episode <laughs> when they go – because you're doing that intense eye contact and I give them the look like, yeah, go on, go on, go on. And they walk you down the hallway and then you're like – no, I actually love this movie. <laughs> you son of a bitch. No, but uh, yeah, that was not the strangest thing that happened that night. I guess when we we're all in that hotel room together. But if it was the birth of your podcasting empire, then oh. I'll take a small credit for it. No, so, you should. No, it was. Um, it's been great. It's been. Um, I couldn't believe that you got to 100 episodes so quick of this one. It's like when you like because I've sort of just got them ticking away in the background, mm. and then you're like, "Oh, do you want to come on?" I was like, "Wow, it's gone quick." Again, probably not quick for you. What's this, 18 months? How long were we at?
0: Mate, we started this in Jan. It was originally going to be...
1: This year? Yes. This is is just before COVID hit. Yes. This year's been so... I know everyone keeps saying, but time is just... Time is completely batty. Another thing this year.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, we so we had talked about this kicking off November to November uh, sort of November through to even December January in the original conception of the show because I was thinking about oh well maybe I can run it you know during the political campaign roll up and maybe thir-, and in my head I kept thinking maybe 13 months or 14 months if I really give it a good go could I get this done and this show will be done in 11 yeah. um, it's 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 been an insane time and we've upped the frequency of the episodes and the guests have just been absolutely incredible I've just been I have completely been floored by journalists and critical minds and creators that have uh, that have uh, he, you know jumped on this train and I've been so so proud of the show
1: and what a year to do it I mean we we're just saying before that there might be some twists and turns left in this sort of we're in the American election year yeah there might be some twists and turns yet to come although I feel like nothing would actually shock us at this stage. <laughs> there is literally like,
0: – there have been aliens, There's there's like, been COVID, there's been fires on both sides of the globe. You
1: could have – you could have literally Watergate, and I don't even know if it makes page two <laughs> of the news <laughs> at the moment. No. Like it's it's just a, it's a wacky time. But it's all – we're at the a, a interesting point of history where maybe we see things repeat themselves a bit. Yeah, look, uh,
0: even – you know, I've had so many great get, uh, so many great fans of the show and just people who followed along and supporters of everything that we've done reach out and talk about rediscovering One Heat Minute this year and after the show or like after the Michael Mann episode, people diving back through. And I genuinely look back at this year and I look back on the work that we've done producing this show and I go, this is going to be a batty show to listen back to because you could – if you wrote down a list – of all of the things that have happened this year you know um whether it's socio-political unrest whether it's uh you know uh, civil unrest whether it's fires whether it's pandemic pandemic responses political weirdness um you know violence and people like in the panic of a, of a pandemic um just you know, natural destruction in Australia. Like one of the first episodes we recorded, it was like a stinking hot 42 degree day um, in this garage studio, which is now like actually grown into itself. And you and I, it was stinking hot day and it was clouded with smoke outside. It was and absolutely... We, it was we were
1: still talking about streets that were cut off in yeah, Sydney. And yes. The, there was, you know... A quarter of our state had burned down at that stage. Yeah. yeah, And And you sort of forget that's all happened this year as well. It all
0: happened in 2020. Like 2020 is, I I remember a few people started doing it maybe in May. Hey, do you remember that uh, Parasite won Best Picture this year? And you're like... It was May and you're yeah, like, it's, nah. No,
1: no, yeah, that's four years ago. <laughs> it's, <laughs>
0: it's four years ago. But the hairs, the grey hairs in my beard have been getting significantly more aggressive. Uh it works for you. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. I've got that Steve Martin book. But yeah, so here we are in 100 minutes into this show. Um, this movie has continued to be a salve for me as I've gone along. It's continued to incite great conversation on this show. And, you know, I, I think the words... I, in, in an upcoming episode, episode 106, I talk more, uh, uh, you know, uh, directly about it. And I mentioned it a couple of times with the great Matt Zaitz, Matt Zola Zaitz. he comes on the show again and Matt just goes, Blake, I used to think this show was really, you know, this show and this film were really prescient things and a great prescient commentary. And he's like, now it's just a fantasy. Exactly. Yeah. To your yeah point. You would <laughs>
1: actually hope that one day, like we have, like... just the hint of a smoking gun was enough. Yes. Now it's like you can have the smoking gun, the dead body, the sign (laughs) confession, video of both (laughs) being happening and people going, yeah, but I'm not sure that's true.
0: But here, this Reddit thread, I'm 100% sure. Yeah,
1: it's just so odd. that it. And, I mean, maybe we're all to blame as well. And I've said this about sort of the problems with like sort of film, not so much like the – the, the film crit- critical sort of mass at the moment, mm. that there's really no sort of barrier to entry. Mm. And that's just in the film sense. So in like in journalism, there's no real – the old sort of uh, gatekeepers aren't there anymore. So literally anyone can throw anything up and before long you can have six or seven articles which agree with you and all of a sudden you've got a following. And it's like no one was there to knock it on the head. And, it's and like, go, you're stupid. Yeah, it's like with so many films where they go – Someone will say, oh, did we get it wrong? No no, 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 we were there. We were there in 92. We judged it. It's not good. Oh, but let's think about it again. No, nope, no, we've done it. We've been down that path. We're not, we're not playing that game. And now, now all the, the stalwarts are fading away. And now it's a free-for-all.
0: <laughs> it's, uh, I, I, I don't know if we mentioned it on air. Um but you know, S- Sam Fragoso, who's an upcoming guest on the show, um, in just two episodes time, and I had talked about, you know, film criticism coming in even let's just say 2012, even 2011, 2010 when I started sort of coming in and 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 being around little bits and pieces, was already then was kind of in its last gasps in a way, like so many amazing publications. Do not survive solely from film, film criticism. Like it is not an yeah, they art. Just can't. They, they can't. Like
1: it's not even. It's it's not even really a prominent thing in our newspapers anymore. No. Like before, you'd have sort of it's whittled big, down in terms big like readouts. entertainment sections and all. Even that just feels like it's gone, and not really even repli- it's No. It's this weird nothing in the middle that it's sort of I don't know, you know. Now it's just cut to articles full of like twitter reactions and it's so immediate (laughs) no one's actually sitting back and going where's my two and a half thousand words on this for the sunday for the sunday paper like you might have once had but now it all just feels like it's what's the latest social media platform and what's their reaction to it which seems you know
0: I i didn't do my two and a half thousand words um a la you know sort of um la Pauline Kale on like a Seven Samurai, but what I did do was a TikTok dance reaction yeah, to this Marvel movie.
1: In and in many ways, that's <laughs> worth more words because a picture's worth a thousand words. So a moving picture for forty-five seconds. I mean, yeah, it's
0: it's it, it definitely was what Pauline Kale had intended uh, when she sort of
1: that's when the Mafuni took <laughs> over TikTok for a week. What a time to be alive! Oh
0: my god, but yeah, so here we are. We're a hundred minutes into this film and, um, for folks who are listening, uh, just look, thank you so much. It's been an amazing journey. Um, we're at a moment, we're at a nexus in the film where. For so long, these guys have been struggling and butting their heads up against trying to get people who are willing to go on the record and get witnesses and do these things and find these people. And every single time there's setbacks. And I think right now we're at a point in the film where Robert Redford as Bob Woodward and and Dustin Hoffman as Carl Bernstein have been butting their heads against like how to get the next break. Who's the next person that's going to give us that insight? Who's the next person? And what's great about this sequence in this scene is that we start to understand like hey there's a great big source here he's a big fish and if you've read all the presidents minutes of the book and um you would know there's an amazing sort of lead up to find donald segretti and a whole bunch of witnesses and a whole bunch of lawyers pleading with him not to talk and you know him trying to be evasive about his involvement in all the sort of uh rat as uh, we come to know it there's no other the movie calls it that (laughs) it is the best it's one of the best terms of all time.
1: Yeah, and it's like cuz it's even when you say it to someone, like if you call someone a rat fuck, <laughs> yes. it really cuts. It's good. Like it's sort of good fella's good like <laughs> <Yes>. meets sopranos <laughs> meets this. Oh, Mammoth loves yeah, it. Ma- you're that's a rat fuck. Like, you rat fuck. It doesn't give you much <laughs> leeway for character either side.
0: And 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 when I asked the or well, we mentioned Matt Zaitz before, th- when I asked Matt Zaitz what he wanted to talk to me about, he's like He's like, oh, I really love a deep throat scene. And I said, I've got Wouldn't one. we
1: all? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I said, I've got a rat fucking minute for you. And he goes, one rat fucking minute. What a- that-, that could be the name of this entire production. It's one rat fucking minute after another. That's
1: taken as a business name yet? Oh. One rat fucking minute. <laughs> what do you guys do? It doesn't matter. It's a good name. It's the best Call name. It's the business card.
0: One RFM, I think, is probably what you'd be able to get on there. Um, so we're with the boys. We're in a car. Uh, we were lucky enough, I think, was it fucking this year to see this movie on a big screen?
1: I think it was one of the first retro screenings. In was, January? Yeah, because event cinemas. Because I've been keeping an eye on them and they did. I missed a fair few last year that I wanted to see. And so it was this because we caught the searches not long. Searches before? before? Yeah, just before. before this. Because we had the searches, this, and then the conversation. Mm. And I want to say that was all around probably before February. Jan, Feb. yeah, yeah. It was
0: it, it was it felt like Aussie summer. Yeah, yeah, it's the beginning of the year. And so we got to see this one on the big screen. Man, this played. Man, this conversation that comes up played um thanks for being a part of it. And uh we're going to watch the 100th minute to get it right now, Stu and I and he's live in the studio. That's another fucking very rare thing for this show this year. It is like in a year that has been lived digitally, it's so nice I can see him.
1: Usually I'm on AirPods (laughs) hiding away while my partner (laughs) yells at me to stop the yelling about I don't care who's the better Joker. (laughs) Shut up.
0: It's it's all those things. But now he's he's here, he's in one rat fucking studio (laughs) with me. Maybe me get that name. Um, but we're gonna watch the boys right now sort of Talk about this man Donald Segretti. Start unpacking what's happening. You guys are going to listen along, and then we're going to come back and talk about it. He said that Chipley was asked in the summer of 1971 by an old Army buddy, a Donald Segretti, to join a group of other lawyers for Nixon's campaign to sabotage a Democratic candidate. Listen, make a left when you can. We'll go to my side. was a Democratic candidate. That's right. Now I was able to make a couple calls today, and I got Segretti's records for the year 19 his travel records for the
1: year 1971-72. Well, does the FBI know about. Did you say left or right? Left. We're going to.
0: we got to go through the records.
1: Wait, does the FBI know about Segretti? The FBI interrogated
0: Segretti and found yeah. out that he wasn't involved in the break-in, so they dropped it. They didn't follow through on him.
1: Where is he? He's in California. You look at this. Segretti well, crisscrossed the country at least a dozen times. He always stayed in cities where there are Democratic primaries. Well, the break-in. It's just one incident in a campaign, of sabotage that began a whole year before Watergate. Then, for the first time, the break-in makes sense. This isn't so crazy. This whole thing didn't start with the bugging of the headquarters. So Greddy was doing this a year before the bugging. And a year before, Nixon wasn't slaughtering Musk. He was running behind.
0: Great. Great minute.
1: Yeah, that's where Aaron Sorkin gets the walk-and-talk from. This <laughs> is the drive-and-talk. The drive-and-talk. Yeah, the drive-and-talk.
0: Don't you love an in a car interior shot where people's faces aren't lit up for the whole shot. Like yeah, it's, it's such a great touch. Cause it's like the car lights light up your face and you would know if you're driving along at night, you, it gets lit up and it's just a great side profile shot yeah. in the car. You rarely see it. It's so good. And it's still using the rear projection still doing that, but there's just something that just gives that, and the decision to only light their faces up periodically as cars are driving past them so good to begin this minute.
1: And I really like the absent-mindedness of like the left, like <laughs> like when you're trying to do a million things at yeah, once. Yes. It's like, was it left? It was it. Oh, and then, like, it, and it continues on. I think we, you've probably touched on it uh, several several episodes. There is a sort of absent-mindedness of Redford in this. Like he's not, he's not bumbling, no. but he's kind of not he's a bit sort of head in the clouds at times, or he's a bit like he sort of minds elsewhere. Cause he's sort of on the seriousness of it that he sort of misses the little day he's to not, day he's nuances. He's not savvy. Yeah. But he's just kind of like, he's a, it's a weird, it's a bit of a boy scout thing, but it's also like, that's a, that encapsulates that. Like he's not really paying attention to normal life. Cause he's so fixated on the job. He sort of <laughs> yeah. misses those little touches and those little things. But I love the, the visual storytelling of just—it's almost akin to doing the montage, or like yep. across, like someone would do a cross-country, maybe like more inefficient storytelling might actually show someone going in and out of doors, or going in and out of like airport, like the little sort of turnstiles and sort of the little roller door kind yeah. of things. But this just to do the laid down like set of cards, also showing the the journalism work, and you can tell that they're all some of them are real or some of them the originals yeah some of them are photocopies (laughs) some of them have come in and it's just bang bang like laying their cards literally down on the table they're nice little touches
0: and it's a flashier kind of filmmaking that you're referencing but it's like and which you can do it and you can show your sort of savant you know show off showiness in that moment or you can do exactly as you said which is like you continue to show the grind of like photocopies and stuff, and they're we now see in the latter part of the scene, they're lying across the floor, laying this shit out, trying to trying to find that what these pieces of paper, are, are pieces of paper are telling them. And I just love that right now we've come up to a moment of Watergate is not an isolated incident because for the longest time, the frustrating quandary that people have in their mind or just from the outset is, oh well, Nixon went down because he bugged the national democratic headquarters. That's just one, one tiny straw that is well, in, an, I- in a, in a, in a hay bale of like political fuckery for a year. And all of that self-evident stuff that these guys and their editors have been saying this whole time about Mac- you know, Muskie's going to implode, like Nixon's going to basically run unimpeded, blah, 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 blah. It's all been this calculated thing and finding these finding these other people is 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 just, just what they're about to catch.
1: Which seems so odd because it's like a, a powder keg of badness. Yes. But everyone is so nonchalant about it and you're like, you're well-funded. There's all like off-the-book stuff and talking millions of dollars. Yeah. And to think that the bugging wasn't even necessary at the end of the day they all they would have had the spoils yeah it's that arrogance and that need to go that one step because i was so deep into it that it sort of didn't matter it's like it's like terrible police corruption where it's like yeah we just we took the money because it was <laughs> that's what we did yeah. it's not even negative it's and,
0: like and there are people here like i love hearing about there's the guys who did the watergate break in they they they're one element of it yeah. then there's the then there's like we later find out the architect of the canuck letter um who has uh, a wife and a family and a dog and a cat um as we're about to hear later in the movie um and but then you've got then you've got someone like donald segretti here who they start to discover and um and alex shipley and these guys are when you start to see the complexity of the machine that these guys are all funded and they're all moving and they're all different parts and they've all got all these different patches that they work it's like Oh no! There, there's a whole engine of political fuckery on potentially both sides of the political spectrum, but here, like Nixon is like is like they talk about like old samurais folding the metal of the swords. Like yeah, yeah, it yeah, is, yeah, it yeah. is like the perfect samurai sword of messing with people just at the right amount, at the right levels, and then that final stamp of like I actually want you to push into the illegal. And these lawyers going, you know, even though we do. Bad stuff. We could not do what you're asking us to do right now. I think I, I love that final sort of stretch that we're in in this movie.
1: And it's interesting because it was only a couple of weeks ago, like my partner had never seen JFK. Oh, great! And I was like, "Well, strap in, because <laughs> we're doing." Me and Ollie Stone have got to show you some shit. We're right doing, now. and I mean, Stone can't even spell subtlety, <laughs> so which is fine. But it's sort of dealing with the same thing of like just how much the wool could be pulled over, yeah. like, someone's eyes. But that the fact that – and it sort of touched on a bit in Spotlight mm-hmm. um, when they went around looking, like, talking to all the priests and there was, like, a guy – it's sort of – the film wasn't a bit clear in Spotlight whether he had sort of some kind of, like, onset early-onset dementia. But when they hit him up and they're like, did you do this badness to these kids? And he was like, yeah. yeah, Like, we we all did it. Like, that <laughs> – cultural and systemic problems mm-hmm. like the corruption in this which is just like you even see they're not really even hiding their tracks like the way he's sort of jumping around the city oh sorry around the country also love that now we're in a we're in a post i don't know if you're aware of this we're in a post tenant world <laughs> like we live in post where it was pre. it's pre and post <laughs> tenant and not just for because this at times is exposition the movie Absolutely. Like, but it
0: it has on paper a bunch of people sitting down in rooms having conversations. And should they, not work.
1: Walking walking, walking everyone t- through it like they're a six-year-old. Like even this scene yes. is very much like pointing it out going, he must have done like, and there's the visual aids to be like, look, he was here, he's yeah. here. Oh, oh, and like they're, we're sort of coming to it like at the same time the characters do. They never get too far ahead of us. They're never mocking the audience and that's because it's –
0: I heard heard Redford have a great phrase of what he called this movie. He said, it's a, it's a how done it about a whodunit. And I think that that's the great layering of like, we want to see how these journalists did what they did when they're investigating a whodunit. So we want to see all that Manny Farber termite art, laying it out there and we don't want it to be laid on too thick. We don't want it to be too showy. We want it to have atmosphere. We want to feel the texture of the corduroy, making the (laughs) sound in between Robert Redford's legs. That's the, that's that we want to feel it. We want to be right there. And right now here, you know, on the floor of Bernstein's apartment, as the scene concludes is, is these guys like literally mapping out, wait a second. If this guy exists and he's staying in democratic places and we've seen all these, we've seen all these dominoes in this democratic campaign fall unceremoniously throughout then this is way bigger than one hotel break
1: in and in the wrong <laughs> hands yeah this could have been so dry oh. and you've got to have like from starting and that's i mean this has always been the joy of the breaking down of the minute yes of to see what like you're not always appreciating just how much visual information and audio obviously but more the vis- visual information is coming across in a minute of film like we sort of i still do and i still take you know it's you go back especially this time when we haven't had as many cinema releases you go back and how many people go oh I rewatched that thing yeah it's not there's a lot going on in that thing you're like yeah with a bit of time and perspective there's a lot like there's a lot happening and then it's yes. so in this like to go from like the car scene to the, the little montage of the the stuff into now the floor and just information coming, never feeling overwhelmed, nah. you never feel like, especially in this, this could be it's pretty on again, like you say on paper, so convoluted, like yeah. where do you, where do you start with your entry point? How do you map all that out?
0: And all the names are really tough as well. Like, you know, right now in this scene, I only know it because I've watched it so many times in preparation for the show and doing it, but it's like, oh, we found Alex Shipley. And Alex Shipley, and if you've read the book, you'll, you know, these are dings in your head. Ding, ding, ding. You you know, this is a whole chapter or a whole segment of the book. And so you're like, oh, Alex Shipley into Donald Segretti and he's hopping over town and the FBI did this. And who's the FBI? And what's his name again? And you, if you're if you're chasing names in this movie, you will get lost quickly. But I think that that's see that, that goes to exactly what you're saying the ef- how effective and how uh, economical the 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 relay of information is where it's like some of these names really matter and one of them matters it's Donald Segretti Do you want yeah. to know how i know it matters because i've just laid you out 20 cards without yeah. you realizing yeah. and i'm underscoring his name because you want to know him and guess why you want to know him because we're about to go see him
1: and they burn they burn <coughs> characters really well like they use up the source and that and then, gives them the next person. Yes. But you don't ever wonder, oh, let's go back. Like yes. you don't ever need to circle back on many people. The only time we Slippery do.
0: Slippery Sloan is one who yeah, they have to Yeah, and we see.
1: do on the, the FBI, the FBI guy that fucks them over. At Joe, me. yeah. Yeah, like that we go towards the end when it's all, when all the ties are coming together, but we're not constantly needing to go back and catch everyone back up as to where they are. Like it's yeah. always moving forward. And we have a couple of the, like, I guess the editorial scenes Work as that nice little sort of like previously on the President's <laughs> Men. Where are we? Are we are we getting off the boys yet? Are we still going? No, no, we're still going. Oh,
0: well, wait, we're waiting for a what
1: scene? Yeah, yeah we're waiting
0: for <laughs> we're waiting for those scenes.
1: And let me just say, look at look at Redford in the the, the tie and the shirt combo. He's all business. Oh, it's mate. so good.
0: He's he's good and and the. Uh, it must be a quadruple Windsor. I've tried to tie a double Windsor tie knot to look like the ties in this movie, and I can't do it. It must be a triple Windsor. Like, it's so fat and meaty as a tie. It's always, like, loosely fitting. He just looks great. They both look fantastic in this movie.
1: I know, and I, I still, even in this shot with Dustin Hoffman, has no business being having the <laughs> sex appeal that he does. We had, like, we had an interesting chat in the office today about, like, which big celebrities have the least amount of like sexual font screen. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So it comes down to basically like the rock. Oh. Tom Cruise. Like there's no no one can actually go up against them. I actually strangely think Denzel is in that. Like he's got sw- oh, yeah? he's got swagger. Swagger. But he doesn't have there's no smoldering tension when he's on scene. Will Smith as well, the only person who's been able to get any Smouldering tension out of him is Margot, our own Margot Robbie. They That's sizzle. one movie. They are oh, in focus. They absolutely Like focus sizzle. is out of control, but anyone that- Oh no, that,
0: you've forgotten a massive one. you got s- to bring old Vin in there.
1: Suicide Squad. you
0: got to bring old Vin in there. Vin Diesel. You
1: say no smoulder or there is smoulder?
0: There, I mean, uh, other than man smoulder <laughs> with his former co-star, look- the dearly departed Paul Walker. And
1: him looking at Coronas. <laughs>
0: And saying and saying one of the greatest phrases I've ever heard, which and I'm just going to say the phrase and then I'll give you the line reading, which is, I remember everything about my father and him going, I remember my father. It's so good. It, but
1: Hoffman here has irrational amounts of sex appeal <laughs> up against. Like in Redford.
0: I know. He's just a little bit. It's because he's, you know, Redford's like crisscross. You know, the American friends of mine call it like crisscross applesauce. He's like sitting up like he's in a class. Yeah. And Hoffman's the lounger. Yeah. He's got that
1: bit more. Always up. a soft pack of darts nearby <laughs> oh, that he just mate. taps the bottom <laughs> to pop one out. Always looking for a lighter or oh, a match. Loves everywhere.
0: it. And, and his apartment is funny. It's like a few people, and, and and thank you to the women who've been a part of this show, have said, you know, um, the, the Bernstein apartment looks so much more clean and so much more like pristine than Woodward's because Woodward looks like a mess. It's yeah. just piles of papers yeah. and, and all those sorts of things and drafts and those sorts of things. And people are like... Yeah, but at the time, Bernstein is meant to be this have this reputation of being a ladies' man. His apartment has probably seen more ladies, so oh, therefore would be one million percent. <laughs> and they've all
1: and he's a busted unit, so they've all come and tried to fix him up at some stage until he gets caught stooping their sister, and then it's all on to the next one. I think he oh would have owned a lava lamp. I think just quite in the bedroom. In the bedroom, a bit of shag carpet on the floor. Oh my goodness! Some beads on the one coming down off the curtains. Oh, the, know, it's a it, banger of a minute.
0: It's a banger of a minute, and and just the it's the real like. There's a and people are going to hear a clip from it, and I, I want to thank Sam Fragoso, who was a guest on the show, um, and you guys are going to hear that recording very shortly. Um, who Tip me to this Dick Cavett's show. If you search just anyone, anyone who's a film fan, Dick Cavett's show clips on YouTube are some of the coolest things in the world. And there is an interview, a, a director's roundtable that includes Ivan Reitman, Alan J. Pakula, Sidney Pollock, and Sidney Lumet, and a first time filmmaker. Whose name escapes me from Germany? Whose like first film I think is called Man, is like one of the highest-grossing independent films at the time. And Cavett's doing a roundtable. This poor woman is completely out of her depth. Which and and I I can't even imagine what it'd be like to to be a first-time filmmaker and sitting next to Sidney Lumet after he's made him, Twelve Angry Men, Dog Day, Network. And The Verdict. So this yes. is in the 80s. Yeah. Reitman's just made Ghostbusters, the most successful comedy of all time. He's already been making Stripes. Pollock's just made, like, um, uh, Sophie's Choice. I yeah. think it was. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's 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 gross, yeah. like, what they did to this person. Tootsie, and then
1: that. And then you'd lean in going, well, in my um, in my movie, I got them to say the words that were on the script, <laughs> and I filmed it. And, and then I produced that.
0: And, um, and I watched all of the men's films who are sitting here like yeah. it's just unfair it doesn't yeah. matter who, what yeah. director it is it's unfair ha, to be like in that
1: contemporary people now wouldn't be able to like, hold up you'd need like a fincher or someone in there to yeah. be hanging yeah. and banging yeah. with them
0: well yeah there's you have to be a, i mean to sit next to sydney lumet in my mind there is you know man or woman woman man you know you you have to be a director of certain caliber to be sitting yeah, at that table anyway but the cavit show watching these guys talk and someone who is just so wonderful is Alan J. Pakula. He's, he's in so few interviews that you can find, but he's so, he has such an approach about the workmanship of being a director and a filmmaker, as in you have to put in the work, you have to get the, these people to learn their lines and learn how things are going to be shot and learn uh, things. And And then he says this great thing in this interview, which is like, if I went to work today, he goes, I was just filming something, and I came in to do this interview in the evening, which now is almost unheard of for yeah. directors to do. Yeah. And he's like, I went to set today and if I wasn't surprised at least once throughout the day, I would be completely disappointed. He goes, because the trick of an actor is to they are doing a job, they are reading lines, they are standing where I'm telling them or standing where the script tells them to stand, they are doing an act performing an action. But they have to do that. They have to they have to take all that information, they have to absorb it and then they have to convey the emotions to make me believe that they are the person that is written on the page, that they, there's something undeniable about that. And what's so cool is a guy who is so prepared, a guy who's working with some of the best people in the world who actually stipulates, if I'm not surprised, I'm disappointed.
1: Yeah. But you look at something as innocuous as that, how they're sitting. Yes. That could be a direction. Yes. It could be, look, I want you to do this or guys just go and, Sit. sit and see how it see how it lands how would you,
0: woodward and bernstein be sitting in this space
1: well just does it work like the it's like going into a bar when the night when it's like those nights when you go to the pub and you're like we've all been to the pub a million times but there's some nights you go and you just go this is something there's a bit of magic in the air tonight i don't know what it is you can't force it nah, it's you, like you can those not, those not you know those nights when you go you get you call up your best mate you go yeah, you want to go for two beers and a game of four. <laughs> oh, no. And just like, not even like, does it become drunken shit, but they're just those nights where like, you then meet like people and it turns into this sort of rowdy fun time, but you could never have planned to go have that night. But you know, the bar, you know, the place, you know, the people you're going with. Mate. And then it just happens. It's the same reason you go. All right, I'll go out, but I'm not going if he's coming or she's coming. Because <laughs> they're always shit nice when they come so I was getting out but fight. But it's those weird things because I think the last I- time we saw when we went at the, one of the retro screens we went to Predator. Yes. I just came off listening to an interview with Peter Gallagher. And he was saying when he was in Altman Films, Altman would get him and he'd say, Gallagher would say, Why am I here? And he goes, Because Peter, I bring you in because you give me orange. Yeah. In the painting. You give me orange but you'll also come and give me a little bit of blue that I don't even know I need yet. Yeah. And it's like, that must be a bit of that. Like I can frame and I can have a really strict control about anything you do. But when someone does that thing out left field and that must, and that's the the tension of this alchemy. Like it's why it's so unfair when we go, you know, oh, that movie sucked. This person's terrible. This person's a genius. And you go, are they, or (laughs) were they just part of wrangling? Yeah three hundred odd people and for whatever moment it hit, it worked, it got captured. Like it's a you know, that's why it's almost a bit unfair you've to just it's, consume it's, something a it's couple the, of times. It's, like the,
0: it's the chalk and cheese of doing two behemoth movies minute by minute in Heat and then All the President's Men is that in Heat so many people talk about Michael Mann and, and his influence on the way that the film has been conducted. And the in the complete contrast is in All the President's Men, it's a fight for a whole stack of different people's influence on this movie. Is it Redford? Is it Hoffman? Is it Goldman? Is it Pakula? Is it Willis? Is it is it the guys being on set? Like, who the hell is it? And, and is it Robards? It's the that's what I'm loving about the different discourse. If you're like a big auteurist fan and you like movies that are collaborations, it's like this movie feels to me so much like a hearty collaboration where like some mad scientists put all these incredible elements together and on screen they are making magic gold. Like you cannot, you, you just can't fathom how this should work, but it it, it is so unbelievably great. Every time to watch it, even minutes, just tiny choice. A a side projection in a car with the lights are coming up on their eyes to completely make a stupid drive and talk scene vastly more dynamic and then a flub like, where am I going? Like that
1: left, like that's magic. To do that, that, the writing to do that, yeah, like to have, to not break, like because that where am I going, we've all (laughs) All done it. We've all like... Even worse now with GPSs. Is it left here or is it the next, like, yeah. no, it's the next. But it just, it breaks it up and it humanizes the experience as well. In a beautiful, in what? It's less than like, what, probably 12 seconds of screen time. I'm mm-hmm. just, bang. But just that little, the horn going, it's just another, like it's another thing that brings us in. That's why I just circle back to Tenet, that Tenet was so many different. Don't you, don't, not, I'm not. Don't I'm you not,
0: stay in this I'm podcast not, with your Tenet talk. I'm
1: not, I'm not, like. If you don't look, <laughs> here, here he goes. <laughs> between between you and me mhm if you don't get it it's all right hey you know hey if you don't get guess what if you don't i get it if you know you know if hey, you, don't, hey, if you wait, don't get it wait wait it's okay. hey You're hey not, listen. no one's going to think less of you i if get you know, it if you don't just, i get it if you don't understand it just now it's all right people are allowed like i get it there's a reason there's a reason we have like different degrees like there's like people can read at a much higher level if sure, you if you sure. if you can't understand the book mm-hmm. just you just put it back on the shelf and we'll get you something we'll get, we'll you, get you something we'll easy to your follow heat. we'll get you heat oh. if, that's, if you need oh, if you need good right. guys bad guys right. if you need like but yeah that's a, that's cooking too much that's like trying to squeeze too much exposition in, mm. in it, know well, we can't hear it for the most part <laughs> apart from that it's visionary from what I heard I really like the seven the seven words I heard, I really like. But that's the thing. You can do too much the other way and it, it completely throws the balance off. Yes. Something like Tenet, because it's the only thing in the conversation at the moment, I like people going, people go, I don't know why I didn't like it. And someone will go, well, you didn't like it because it wasn't good. And you go, no, this is exceptionally well made in terms of craft and everything. Mm-hmm. But something in the cake, the flavour, if you have a toned down something, if you have a get or you give me one more, two more scenes of this or something or this or this performance is too big. Yeah. And it's like having the soundboard here. You push a couple of things up and down. Then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, Ooh. we are in a completely different, different like different, different world, different. And that's somewhat uh, you the know, beauty of something like this.
0: In inter- A bit of internal cross-promotion, I think um, on Increment Vice very recently, it was Damon Ho was a guest with, uh, with Travis Woods, our host on that show. And he was talking about, you know, the phrase they always use with the great filmmaker, Paul Thomas Anderson is uh, when he was, b- before when he started, he was Coke kid. And then later he was weed dad. I believe it was coined by Jason Bailey. Yeah.
1: Because that energy is there. Like it's almost like a boogie night.
0: Boogie Night's Paul Thomas Anderson is co kid. The energy. It's also
1: like. Six hours worth of content. there. he's <laughs> like I know it's like, like he's he's oh, very, he's oh,
0: he, he. he's very flashy. He's he's you know definitely prodigious. He's there. He's showing like this is all the tools in my kit. And where you get to later, there's like nexus points, and people often reference um, punch drunk glove as being this nexus point. Is you get to something like in, uh, inherent vice. I keep to say increment in vice because that's the show. But here's something like inherent vice, and it's a or, or especially phantom thread, and it is a much more patient and less showy and very deliberate filmmaker that is operating that film. And when you're watching it, you can marvel at like, wow. You know, for example, Damon referenced a great scene with um, – oh my god Daniel I've just Dennis. lost the name no 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 not with uh, not with Daniel Lewis uh, Catherine Watterson um, oh, uh, just uh, in, oh sorry in, in, as Shasta Faye in Inherent Vice as, as in, in, in her and there's a moment this like that pivotal scene that leads into this sort of you know very ambivalent sex scene where he's like wow this is a wanna like it's a one shot yeah. it's a shot where yeah. the camera you know the focus pulling is happening she's moving through the scene and it's just one shot it could have been so flashy and dynamic but it's like no for this moment I'm gonna I'm gonna hold your focus in the uncomfortable position of doc and you're going to watch this person come closer to you and you're going to feel the tension of the dialogue and it's like that's a massive difference of like the confidence to be like that and i think that's where you see you right, true masters it's like you don't want to chuck too much at it sometimes it's actually about doing less and conveying more and um yeah look so
1: we, someone like spike lee oh like, spike is great but still like i've never really liked his edit like his editing still feels that very choppy like yeah an indie film we're running like fast and cheap and we're on the move but then there'll be those shots like even in the fight the five bloods oh, which like, is you've got the, like the four guys walking to the screen in the club in the club you've got the straight into the camera at the end like little things that you're like this is it feels tonally all over the place but then you've got these pockets that really work and like a lot of his films have had that all along but when they hit it's, it's like
0: the frequency has to hit for example um in black klansman i think that chaotic energy sometimes the chaotic energy works for what the story is and when yeah. it when it aligns it's like oh my god it's this like transcendent like moment that you feel but then other times it's the same with like you know sometimes you want things to be more complex or you want to show and like it's the difference between an inception and a Tenant in my mind because inception is complicated but uh, you know as far as like if you were like trying to tell someone on paper what it's about hey we're going to like plant an idea we're doing a mind heist where we plant an idea inside someone's head and their the, layers of their subconscious in their give dreams
1: give that 10 years like when that first came out we were all like what the f-? i don't have no <laughs> idea what it's about but i liked it yes but like with enough viewing but if you go to someone oh i don't really understand inception now people like mate it's so simple <laughs> it's simple we've got a dream. baby we, we go, go again. next we know there's a code word if you implant that it couldn't be simpler that's going to be me with in about two years time. in tenet years yeah. time no, I'm, in- just, I'm already doing it in the future <laughs> oh, this has already happened jesus that, christ that podcast is coming
0: oh for the love of god i look i've had some wonderful fans um, of this, of of everything that we've done with one heat minute, and then one heat minute productions, and now into all the president's minutes, and I had one of them reach out to me, and I don't want to like gaslight him on this show. We was like, you know what would make a great minute by minute podcast, tenant, and for all the reasons which I'll list a couple, I would never do a movie that was this immediate. No, I think you need no, time and no. you need context. Yeah. It, you know, in my mind, you know the, the films that we are looking at, we are looking at because they they have been able to maintain or sometimes even grow in the conception of audiences because they continue to stick around like they stay around in the dialogue i think that the really truly great films the measure of truly great films is films that continue to be talked about over and over again and you continue to see their influences through whether it's television or whether it's movies um other filmmakers love the films and are influenced by them deeply and there's a kinship and they just grow and grow in people's minds so we would never be doing an immediate film um and also, you know, whatever my opinions of the movie are, which I didn't like it at all. Um, uh, whatever my opinions are, that's that's fine. But I just couldn't muster anything more than nah,
1: no. There's it's, just no way. Then, but it also wouldn't it wouldn't warrant it. it no, it doesn't nothing, warrant it. There's nothing there to unpack. Like once you unpack the mechanics, you're like okay, that. There's there's yeah. not like you've like you've how many wished,
0: minutes can I talk about but, Elizabeth Debicki's. L- height yeah where she where how i mean i just want to do a minute on that car chase where she actually uses her awesome height to unlock a front door from the back rear passenger seat
1: yeah exactly that's all i want to talk about that's that's i would listen to that (laughs) but that's when you come back to this and this this is not trying to be showy no this is not at all but Finally, just while I've got Redford on the screen, I actually, because this is the hundredth episode, oh my god, I actually reached out to Redford's people. You did to try and get uh, them, and I've got the email here. I haven't read it yet because I was like waiting for today. So I'm gonna. Do you mind if I? Oh, read please on do, so please. I, I wrote out to his people, and because, and I, I actually have to thank Garth Franklin for. This oh, really? Because he got me in touch with their people, and I thought, there's what better way to for the hundredth episode. Please. So I'll just I sent them I basically sent that you've been doing this, you've been dedicating one minute at a time. I was inspired by actually by you getting Michael Mann on. Oh right. And they wrote back uh, dear Mr. Coot, uh, thank you for your email. Uh, Mr. Redford has no interest in your screenplay. I don't don't know what that's about. I don't know where that's come from. Right. Uh, something, something. Cease and desist. Oh. Um, stop sending us emails. <laughs> ah. um, yeah, no podcast talk here, but um, look, well, at least he's getting... <laughs> I'm getting close to getting that Look, I, I mean, so I we're, mean, getting, we're you're, getting close.
0: You're making an impression, exactly. and I thank you for it.
1: If he has to turn up <laughs> at the court case to block me, then so be it. But I'll sure to get in a word <laughs> hey, if he turns if up. If
0: I can be like Woodward and just hang out in the back seats and the cheap seats, I'm in.
1: As the bailiffs are taking me away. <laughs> Mr. Redford, can I get a minute? Just a moment of your time. One minute! Oh, uh, bless you. It's been fun. It's been fun to come in for the... 100th time doing this It feels like this I think this is actually My Coincides with my 100th episode Appearing (laughs) on your podcast
0: It's close I reckon you're in the 20s now Across all podcasts You have to be you have to be. That's more than the cinephiles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've, done,
1: I've done about 12 of those, so yeah. No, I'm going. it's going strong.
0: Look, it's great to see you in the flesh. It's great to have you a part of this show. It's great to have your influence on the show. And uh, thank you so much. You're a legend, and I appreciate you being here. And, and it feels like for the Milestone episodes, uh, there's only one person that I start to think about uh, for those, and that's you. Who's so,
1: available? Who lives down the road? <laughs>
0: who, who you don't work? live down the road who just will, yet. Who
1: will work for cheap? <laughs>
0: We we'll get him in, but get him in. Yeah. Get him in right now. Bless you, man. thanks so much for being a part of the show. My pleasure. There he is, the man, the myth, Stu Coot. If you guys want to follow Stu, the best thing you can do is go to Twitter uh, and and see what ultimately is him being restrained uh, at Stu underscore. Watches. If you want to find uh, his show, Cinephiles, just go to anywhere that you find your podcasts and search Ciner S-I-N-N-E-R-F-I-L-E-S. He does that with his buddies Josh and Liam. Um, they are both essential followers as well. Just follow at Cinephiles. That's the best place you'll find all the boys talking there. Thank you all for listening. 100 episodes. We're just lining them up this week. You're going to have amazing guests coming at you. OneHeatMinute.com to find out about all of our different projects. One Heat Minute Patreon at patreon forward slash one heat minute if you guys want to find out extra bonuses get bonus episodes and support the show with uh, a little bit of scratch we'd appreciate it otherwise subscribe rate review thank you for being a part of the show thank you for listening thank you for continuing
1: to help us put a blowtorch to our favorite movies of all time